In the name of God, the creator, liberator, and sustainer of the universe, amen. Our first lesson this morning is from the 17th chapter of the book of uh, Jeremiah. The 6th century prophet Jeremiah lived in a turbulent time. He lived in a time of great moral corruption, both politically and also personally. He lived in a time in which he was called to proclaim the word of the Lord that he had been given to a people who were very reluctant to hear what he had to say. Jeremiah said to them, there are two choices that you have. The first choice is you can continue to trust in your own political systems. You can continue to trust in what he called mere mortal strength. Or you can trust in God. Jeremiah believed that the people of Israel, the nation, had forsaken what God had called them to be. Jeremiah wavered between very strong feelings of hope, anger, and disillusionment. Hope, anger, and disillusionment. Feelings that many of us in our own day and age know something about. Jeremiah said, the choice is like being a, a, a shrub that doesn't get enough water and it sort of dries up. Our being, drawing again on Psalm 1, our psalm today, like a tree planted by flowing streams, by water that is well watered and grows and bears fruit. Jeremiah said, if you turn to God, you will be blessed. If you continue in your present ways, you will know cursing. You will go into exile. The message that Jeremiah proclaimed was not widely accepted. As a matter of fact, several times people tried to kill him. Once he was placed in a well, he sunk in mud up to his neck and almost died. Jeremiah continued faithfully proclaiming the word that he had been given, even if what he proclaimed was rejected. And, and the word was rejected, and Jeremiah and the people went into exile. Jeremiah did what he did, not only because he was faithful to the God of Israel, but because he loved his people 
Jeremiah is often referred to as the weeping prophet because so often, so often his heart was broken by what he saw in his own society, by what his people had become, and the fact that they would not heed the word that came from God that could have transformed them. Our gospel reading this morning is from the sixth chapter of Luke's gospel. Two chapters earlier in Luke's gospel, which was our reading, our gospel reading a few Sundays back in the fourth chapter of Luke's gospel, Jesus preached his first sermon. He, he, he preached his first sermon in his hometown synagogue in Galilee in Nazareth. And he said in that sermon, a sermon which was about the reign of God, the reign of God which was the central message of what Jesus had to say. If you don't know anything else about Jesus and his ministry, you should know that the central point of it was the coming reign of God. Jesus said, talking about the reign of God, was that when the reign of God is fully realized, the poor will know that they are valued sons and daughters of God. When the reign of God is fully realized, the blind will see. When the reign of God is fully realized, those who are captive, particularly as in his own day, as in ours, those who were in prison for no good reason, they will be set free. And those who are oppressed will know freedom. And then Jesus ended the sermon by saying, and this reign, what I have just said, begins today with me, and it will be fulfilled in what I am doing. Not unlike the good people in the time of the 6th century BCE prophet Jeremiah, the good people in the synagogue did not say, oh, I enjoyed your sermon, or that was really very interesting. I will think about that when I go home and watch the Super Bowl. What they said was, we have to get rid of him. And not unlike Jeremiah, they tried to kill him. So maybe the task of the preacher is always to ask himself or himself how many times people have wanted to kill them rather than how many times they have been congratulated. In today's gospel, Jesus, Jesus preaches on what Luke calls the plain. Now, in Matthew's gospel, this sermon is the Sermon on the Mount. But in Luke's Gospel, Jesus, who has been teaching and healing, 
comes down on a level place and preaches. It's almost as if Luke wants to say Jesus is coming down to the level of the people to make it crystal clear that people understand what he's saying. And he is pretty clear. He preaches a sermon. Some homilists have said it really have two sermons in this Sermon on the Plain. It's a sermon that has four blessings and four woes. Maybe they're two different sermons. The first is blessed. Blessed, Jesus says, are those who are poor. For the reign of God belongs to them. Blessed are the poor. Then Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who now weep and are sorrowful, because they will know laughter. Blessed are those who are rejected, who are excluded, who are reviled. They will leap with joy in the reign of God. Then part two of the sermon, or maybe, as I said, the second sermon, Jesus says, woe to the rich, for you have had your reward already. Woe to you who are well fed right now, for you will know hunger. Woe to you who laugh all the time, for you will know sorrow. Woe to you who know nothing but success and acceptance and all people speak well of you. For you are just like the false prophets of old. And the sermon ends. Both Jesus and Jeremiah are calling us to a form of self-examination. Maybe we need to ask ourselves which of the sermons that Jesus preached do we need to hear. We live in a society that values wealth, power, prestige, and privilege. Those are some of our highest values. And many of us spend our whole lives seeking some, if not all, of those values in our lives. Jesus seeks to reorientate our imagination. Jesus seeks, Jesus seeks to envision a new way of being rather than 
what our society so often values. The late President Donald Trump said at a rally, there can be no such thing as too much greed. There can be no such thing as too much greed. Many of the people who applauded that statement were white evangelicals. And one wonders in the light of Luke 6, which God they worship. Jesus calls us to a new way of being, a new way of seeing. Jesus calls us to be a people, a people who realize, a people who realize that the only wealth that really matters is the relationships we have with others and with all creation. Jesus calls us to realize, to realize that if one person is hungry, then all of humanity is malnourished. Jesus calls us to realize that we, may, we must so care about the common good that we are scandalized by poverty and indifference. Jesus calls us to enter into solidarity with those who suffer, to weep, to weep over our own broken world and society. And Jesus calls us to enter into solidarity with those who weep even if we are mistreated, even if we are rejected, even if we are reviled, because in so doing, we know that there can be no greater peace than living with integrity. Jesus calls us to be a community community that points to the coming reign of God by being a community in which the poor are blessed, the hungry are fed, and the sorrow no joy. Both Jeremiah and Jesus call us call us to live in a new way, what Pope Francis has called a counter-position way of living, a counter-position way of living. Jeremiah laid out the options to his people and the people rejected it. They went into exile. Jesus laid out the options to his society and through our gospel reading today, Jesus again lays out the options before us and we have to choose.
choice is very difficult for us. Whenever I read this gospel, I'm reminded of what the great 19th century Danish theologian Soren Kierkegaard said. Soren Kierkegaard said that whenever this gospel is read in the church and he looks around at who is there, he's greatly surprised that everyone doesn't just get up and walk out. Blessed are the poor, the hungry, the persecuted. Cursed are you who are rich and well-fed. Martin Luther said that as Christians, we live in a tension between saint and sinner. Saint and sinner. We live in a tension between the blessings and the curse. But we choose. We choose the kind of reign in which we want to live. The late Justice Brandeis said, in our society, we can have a democracy or we can have a society in which a small percentage of people control great wealth. But you cannot have both. In the society in which we live, 1% of the population controls more wealth than 95% of the population. We live in a society in which a small number control great wealth. I was talking a few years ago, it's a young woman who had worked for five years with homeless people in the city of New, New Jersey. She said, many people, when they visit the center where I work and they leave, they think I am burnt out. They think I am depressed. But she said, that's not it. She said, what they see is grief. She says, I weep every day. I weep every day over the people I see. The people who have no food, people who sleep on the street, people who are battered and bruised, and that we live in a world that seems to care so little, that seems not to want to make any sort of structural changes that can even provide housing for all people, can provide income for all people. She said, my heart is broken every day. That woman was a weeping prophet like Jeremiah. When the people went into, is, into exile, one of the things that Jeremiah did was that Jeremiah bought a piece of land in the city that he was being exiled from because he had the hope that the people would return. We are called as we weep. We are called as we examine which sermon applies to us. We are called on a daily basis to be people of great hope even in the midst of exile and brokenness, even as we waver between anger and dissolution.
we are called to remember that those powers that seem to dominate in our world have ultimately been overcome. And as Paul reminds us in our First Corinthians reading today, we should not fear death. We should not fear any power because death has been overcome and in Jesus, the reign is even now being fulfilled. And our option is to opt for that reign. And when we pray, your kingdom come on earth, we really mean it. Let there be peace among us and let us not be instruments of our own or anyone else's oppression. Amen.